I'm turning to the book of Hebrews, if you will, uh, the 11th chapter, and I am going to read verse number 14 down through verse number 16. And while you're getting that, let me say how thankful I am that you're here tonight. I know Wednesday night is becoming more and more uh, a, a difficult thing for some people to work into their schedule, but I'm thankful that you have made it a part of your schedule to be here tonight. Amen. And I don't want to I don't want to get to the place that I have to dismiss church on Wednesday night because there's not enough interest. If that becomes the case, then you need a new pastor. Amen. Because something needs to stir our interest to where we want to come to the house of God. Hebrews chapter 11. I love the 11th chapter of Hebrews for many many reasons. But I guess what, if, if I could say um, one in thing in particular, it is because of the description of faith and what faith empowers us to do and what it enables us to do when we walk by faith or we live by faith. And uh, we find so many wonderful examples, people that were like us, that uh, lived for God, and they went through trying circumstances, and they stood with God. But verse 14 and 15 and 16 have been speaking to me the last little while, and I just want to share with you a few thoughts that the Lord impressed upon my heart. For it reads like this, For they that say such things, going back to verse 13, you will find that these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 14. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if it had been if they if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they have desired a better country that is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. And everybody said, Amen. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly Wherefore, in light of what has been stated, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you tonight. You may be seated. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about the recompense or the reward of faith. The reward of faith. I don't know if we can accurately estimate the worth and the value that faith has brought to our lives. When I consider what faith has brought into my life, I must confess to you tonight that I am a better man. Uh, faith is 
uh, beyond value and it has great worth to me tonight because faith has helped make me better. It has helped cause me to rise to places that I would not have risen to if it had not been for faith. It seems that many a one of us has been through a dark night and we have been through trials and troubles, but faith saw us through. Amen. Anybody here know what I'm talking about tonight? It seemed that life could not get any darker and you wondered how you were going to make it and yet somehow faith sustained you and it kept you in the darkness and in the uncertainty and it has brought you to a better place tonight. How many of you would agree tonight that you are better off now living for God than you were before you started your journey for the Lord? Amen. I think that is a, 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 a word that all of us can say, that we are far better off tonight than we would ever have been without the Lord in our life. But faith has not only made me better, but it has brought me into a fellowship of better things. Faith, my life of faith, walking with God, being connected to the church, being connected to God's people has brought me into a fellowship of better people. I will confess to you that as, as certain as there may be a scoundrel or two in the church, there are are no scoundrels in the church compared to the scoundrels that are outside the church. But because of faith, I have been brought in contact with a fellowship of people that uh, are, are better for me than uh, I, I could even imagine. And faith has helped bring that about. I, I'm connected to people tonight that if it had not been for God and for Faith in my life, I would never have known you. I, I wouldn't know this church tonight if it had not been somewhere in my past that I came uh, into a, a, an acquiring of faith and in, in that faith has made a difference in my life. It's made my life better. I am richer tonight because of that faith. I, I can tell you that I've never trusted God and I not come out better in the end than I started in the beginning. I, I've never depended on God for anything in my life that when it was all summed up and everything had been settled, I came out the better for my faith in Him. Amen. I'd rather live a life of faith than any other life that I know of. And I am thankful tonight that God has helped us. He has empowered us. He has brought us into a great fellowship of people. And I, I'm afraid that many times we don't really value the fellowship that we have like we ought to have. Most of you work in a secular world and you know how cutthroat business is. You know how shady life can be. You know how easily people can shave things off. 
Aren't you thankful that God brought you into a family where that's not acceptable and that's not the norm? I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but that's not the norm. Aren't you thankful that you've come into a fellowship of people that just being around them makes you a better person? Praise God. Just look around you tonight. Even though some of you may not believe it, you're better because you're in this place tonight. Amen. Faith has enabled that. Faith has empowered that. Not only has faith brought you into that kind of fellowship, but faith has elevated your horizon. You expect more. You, you think better. You look for better things. It's, it lifts your spirit. There's something about faith that will not allow you to be content with where you are, but always reaching for something more because you know God has more. That's the wonderful thing about serving God. I don't ever have to get to a point where I feel like I'm frustrating God with my desire because God always has more that He wants to give me and He has greater things. I don't care how richly God has blessed you. God has something better than He's even given you already. So if you just keep living by faith, if you keep walking by faith, it will get better and better and better and better and better and better. One little boy said, gooder and gooder and gooder and gooder. Amen. I love Hebrews 11 because it gives me a picture of the believing man. And every once in a while, I need to see what a believing man looks like. Amen. I need to see what a man of faith looks like. I, I, I need to listen to how a man of faith talks. I need to listen to how he speaks and the words that he speaks. I need to look at how a man of faith lives. I, I need to look at how a man of faith carries himself and how he faces certain situations. I, I need to look at a man of faith and see how he acts under certain problems and circumstances and pressures and situations. I, I need to know what he looks like because I too want to be a man of faith. And I would hope that you would want to be a person of faith as well. And so it's good to look at the picture of a believing man. And we're given that picture in many different portraits, different men who lived in different eras and faced different situations. But all of them had one common report and it was that their faith saw them through. Their faith sustained them. Their faith empowered them. Their faith enabled them. Their faith got them through the difficult things in life. And so Hebrews 11 is a portrait. It's a picture of a man or a woman of faith. Someone who has walked with God and stood with the Lord and and stood for the Lord when nobody else was standing for Him. And it spells out for us the effect that that faith has upon their life. Faith is not dead. Faith is not some inanimate something that you just have in your mind or in your heart. But faith is, is something that actually affects your life. 
and it affects it for the better. If you don't believe that, read the book of Hebrews 11 or the chapter 11 again and see what faith did for these men. It elevated their, their life. It elevated their walk. It gave them direction in life. It lifted their eyes off of the ordinary, the, 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 the common. It lifted them above what they were going through at the moment. It caused them to see more than what was present. They saw better things. And, and in seeing those better things, they desired those better things. And, and that desire drove them. It, it lifted them. They wanted more. They sought more. And they strove for more in their life. And God gave them a reward. He did not let their faith go in vain. And He did not let their life of living for Him go unnoticed. As a matter of fact, the 14th through the 16th verse said that He takes particular notice of them in that there's something about this man of faith and this person who lives by faith that He is happy to identify Himself with. And I love, as you look at the montage of faith that is mentioned here, the statement that impresses me the most about all of this is not what men did. It's not what Abel did. It's not what Noah did. It's not what Moses or Abraham or David or, or Jacob or any of the others. It's not what those men did by their faith, but it's what God said about their faith that encourages me tonight. The Bible says this, that he was not ashamed to be called their God. Isn't it interesting, perhaps even unique, that God would say something in regards to us, that he was not a, ashamed of us. Now that, I'm not real smart, but for God to say that he was not ashamed of somebody kind of implies that there might be some people that he was ashamed of. People that he would be ashamed of would be people who will not live by faith or walk by faith or put their confidence in him. But he said, these, these are people who I am not ashamed to be called their God. God said, I, I don't mind being identified with this particular person. As a matter of fact, the word that's used in the Greek text here indicates that he's not ashamed of them even adding his name to their name. And, in, and it, it spoke in reference of the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Mark Hughes, the God of Harvey Vickery. He said, I, I'm not ashamed that you put those two names together. I, I don't hang my head when I look at you when you say I am a child of God. I'm not ashamed when you say, I am a son of God. I, I'm, I'm not ashamed when you say or you declare that you serve the God of Abraham or the God of... I'm not ashamed. I'm happy to identify with that kind of person. And so when I got to looking at that, I thought, God, what is it about this kind of man that would cause you to want to identify yourself? Why would you say of this person, I'm not ashamed of them. I, I will never bow my head. I'll never turn away from them. I'll never be embarrassed by them. I'll never say, oh, God, I wish they had done something different. 
He said, I will always be happy and always be proud to identify myself with them. And when I got to looking at this, I think I found three very simple yet profound things that spoke to me from this scripture and what made him want to identify, what made him look at them in such a fashion as to say, I want to be connected to that. I, I want to be hooked up and linked to that person right there because of their faith. I believe number one, he was not ashamed of them because of their walk of faith. And I, I don't want you to miss my point here but living for God is a walk of faith. They had nothing but a word. Read the story. All that Noah had was a word from God. I don't know that he ever had an angel visit him. I don't know if he was like Abraham and a theophany of God or some form of God appeared to him. I don't even remember when I go back and study the life of Abraham that even Abraham had that. All he had was a voice calling to him out of the darkness, out of nowhere. There's a voice communicating to him, said, Abraham, I want you to get up and I want you to leave your family here. I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees and I want you to go into a country that I have prepared for you. I'm going to give you an inheritance. That's all that he had to go on was just a word from God. But Abraham got up, he got his family together, he got his possession together, and he went out on that word of God. Noah, all he had was a word from God. The, the Lord's going to destroy this world because of its wickedness. But that word inspired him for 120 years. He labored in building an ark because of a word that came to him. And when God looked at man in our frailties and in our need for concrete things that we can put our hands around, tangible things that we can touch with our hand, God said, what moves me about that person is that they can walk with me though they don't see me. They can walk with me though they don't have my presence visible with them. That they can walk with me although all they have to go on is a word. God said, I'm not ashamed of that person. All they had was a word. All they had was an experience. But that was enough. And they put their confidence in Him. They put their trust in Him. They relied upon Him. They didn't always understand. I am certain of that. I have no doubt that there were times that they were wondering what in the world God had in mind. But even though they didn't always understand, they always kept trusting. Hallelujah. They didn't always see the way. that It didn't always make sense to them. But they kept walking with Him. That's the person of faith. Even when it doesn't make sense, they just keep walking. When you don't understand, they keep trusting. They didn't always know what was happening. But they kept believing. They had no proof but an experience. But that experience was enough. And so they walked by faith. Amen. And God said, that's why I'm not ashamed of them. Is because they do walk by faith. They could walk by sight. They could walk depending on only what they see with their natural eyes. But they have heard my word. 
And they have believed my word. And they have staked their lives upon that word. And so because of their walk of faith, I'm not ashamed to be called their God. You know what? There are times when life doesn't make sense. There are times when it doesn't add up. There are times when it's hard to understand. There are times when the burden is heavy. And you don't know what's happening. And you don't know why it is happening. Whatever is happening. But you keep believing. You keep walking. You keep trusting. You keep praying. You keep worshiping. You keep coming. You stay there with the Lord. You walk with Him night and day. And He said, oh, that's the kind of person I don't ever hang my head in shame. I don't ever turn and walk away wondering what they are. He said, I want to be identified with that kind of person because that person is walking and living by faith. Amen. Amen. The only reason any of us are here tonight is because we have walked by faith. Amen. And God said, that's why I'm proud of them. That's why I'm not ashamed of them. Is because they have walked by faith. And they have lived by what they cannot see, but they know in their heart the word that's true. And they put their confidence in that word. And God said, I'm not ashamed because of their walk of faith. But not only that, he is not ashamed of them because they could have gone back, but they didn't. They could have gone back. You see, this is not a forced life that we live. We all have options. We, we all have choices that we can make. All of us, any of us, at any moment in time we want to, we can go back. And I understand tonight that the meaning of the text is that they even had opportunities to go back. The Bible says that they even had time and chance to go back. They had opportunity to turn around and walk away, but they didn't. They didn't. And God said, that's what I like about them. They didn't. They remembered, but they never regretted leaving that old life. You know, some people are of the opinion that when they come to God, that they never remember their past. But that's not true. Many of you remember your past. And there's times when your past can come up stronger in your life than at other times. And, and you can smell the smell of something, a fragrance. Or you can get a whiff of something that you used to be addicted to. And all of a sudden, something inside of you rises up. And you want to taste that again. or you want, But something else rises above that and said, oh no, that's a lying spirit. It never did taste that good. It never did smell that good. That life never was that good. It never was that happy out there. And so you keep on walking even though you have opportunity to go back. Even though you had the chance to turn around. He said you didn't. Amen. It would be one thing if we were conscripted and we had no choice and we live for Him like robots, but that's not what God wants. He wants people that make up their mind, and they live for Him because of choice. Many are the chances for going back, and they come often to us. And who among us has not felt or been tempted to go back at some point? 
Oh, don't sit there with your smug look on your face and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. We've all been at that point in our life when we felt like giving up. Oh, we felt like turning around. Oh, we felt like walking away from it all. But something kept holding us. Something in the back of our mind kept haunting us. Something kept reminding us that picture is not a true picture. That picture is not how it really is. It, it, it's not how life really is. And something held you. It was a faith. It was a confidence. It was something in you that you couldn't explain. But you just kept walking. And you kept coming. And you kept praying. And you kept believing. And you kept trusting. Because going on with God is always better than giving up on God. Man. Remember that giving up is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Amen. Giving up is a permanent fix to a temporary problem. Giving up never has fixed anybody's problems. Giving up never has solved anybody's troubles. Going back to the old life, I'd be a fool to stand here and tell you that it doesn't look good sometimes. It doesn't look appealing. You say, Brother Hughes, are you kidding me? You know I'm not kidding you. If Israel would get out into a wilderness after God had miraculously saved them, after He had slain the firstborn of Egypt and brought them miraculously out, if He had brought them through a Red Sea and they walked across on dry land, if He had provided food for them, if He had provided quail and water out of a rock, if He could do all of that, and yet the Bible said that in their journey from from the land of bondage to the land of Canaan, that there came a moment in their life when they wanted to go back to that old life. The Bible said they longed for the leeks and the melons and the garlic. Can you imagine what we long for sometimes? It happens to everybody. There's, there's that thought that comes back. Like Israel of old in the wilderness, we long for something from the past. But there in that situation, something rises up again and said oh oh hang on a minute there that's not a true picture that's not how it really is you see you might remember the leeks and the garlics but you forgot the burden of the taskmaster you forgot the whip on the back don't let that picture destroy your faith come on keep on walking with me grind it out someday some days you just have to grind it out you just have to keep walking by faith don't give up, don't give in, and don't give out. Just keep hanging on. There may be somebody here tonight that's thinking about giving up. I don't know. But be a man of faith. Be a woman of faith. Rise up. Giving up's never solved any problem. And I promise you this, that if you'll rise up in faith, it'll take you to something better. It'll take you to a better place. The third thing that this scripture speaks to me is that he is not ashamed to be called their God because they desired something better. They desired something better. Something had changed in their appetite. Anybody remember some of the things that you used to enjoy doing that you don't enjoy doing anymore? Yeah, you know, some of you used to enjoy dancing. Some of you may have enjoyed drinking. 
Some of you may have enjoyed corrals and some of you don't remember what you enjoyed. You're just too old to remember. But you remember a little bit. Every once in a while, you remember what that life was like. You remember and now you look at your life and it's so much better. You've got such better taste today. You've got a better appetite. The things that you desire are better for you. And the Bible said these people who had begun walking by faith and they had lived through the torment of not being able to see but only to embrace that word and to see if they did see it, they saw it from afar off, but they embraced it anyway and they lived by faith. They walked by faith. And, and, and not only that, but they were happy to live by faith. They were glad to live by faith. And, and because of that, the, the Lord had brought something into their life that was so, so much better than what they had had before. And now they weren't satisfied with just anything. They, they weren't satisfied with the beggarly elements. Faith had lifted their heart and their desires to a higher level. And now it was more than just a one night stand. I, I want something that will last for eternity. I want more than just immediate gratification. I want peace that will last through the night. And they are no longer buying into the lie that, that, that is often perpetrated in life that this is as good as it gets. And they said, oh no, no, this isn't as good. As, there's something better than this. And that's what I want. There's something better than this. You know what? That's what keeps me coming back to this pulpit to preach to you. Because I know there's something better than this. As good as it might be, there's something better than this in God. Now what I'm trying to do is get some of you off of that happy seat where you're just satisfied with the good and start reaching out for the better. Hallelujah. God, I want more of you. I'm tired of being satisfied. I want my eyes to be lifted to something higher. I want something better for our church. I want something better for my family. I want something better for my home. I want something better for my life. I want my eyes to be lifted to higher goals. I want my appetite to be a higher appetite than it has been. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The life that I'm talking about is a life where peace wins out over turmoil all the time. The life that I'm talking about is a life where joy wins out over sorrow all the time. The life that I'm talking about is a life where life wins out over death all the time. Amen. Where joy wins out over sorrow all the time. Where love wins out over sadness all the time. That's the kind of life I'm talking about. And that's the kind of life that a man of faith enjoys. And God said, you know what? That's what I'm, I'm not ashamed to be connected to that kind of person. Because they want something better. They're not satisfied. Amen. You know what? I am convinced one thing that aggravates God more than anything else is how easily satisfied we can be. With the beggarly elements of life. We're just satisfied by getting by. When God has so much more. Amen. Let's stand together. Some of you were expecting an hour Bible study. And I only gave you a 30 minute one. And you don't know what to do right now. But anyway. God help us to understand. What a life of faith has done for us.